1: How are you? Great to be with you. To tell Nuannis, watching on ESPN Radio, heading into our number two of the big show, we are not in studio. If you're watching us on SWX Montana TV, you can see that, and you're welcome. Give your eyes a rest for the day. We are in Spokane, Washington, at the Big Sky Conference Football Media Days, the uh, kickoff to the uh, 2019 college football season for the Big Sky Conference. It's been fun to be here and enjoy it. Glad to be along with you. We are broadcasting live through the Kurtz Polaris studios still. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Seely, Online at KurtzPolaris.com and celebrating their 30th anniversary. That's right, 30 years they've been in business. So what are they doing? Well, they're giving out presents to you. That's 30% off. That's right, 30% off. MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle husqvarna or beta dirt bike or any crest pontoon boat see dealer for details some restrictions apply kurtz polaris missoula and seeley celebrating their 30th year anniversary get in and check them out you want to call 329-1899 the phone number you're certainly welcome to do that all guests join us via the Rangage brothers rv phone line coulter we've gone through the big sky conference what we think specifically about the five teams at the top of the preseason poll which are exactly who we thought that they would be but we know that uh, there's a couple of teams in here that are fourth and fifth and i don't you know i'm interested to know i don't feel, i don't have a very good feel for what what folks in bozeman folks in missoula think about montana and montana state being fourth and fifth in the polls if they're shocked that it's that low if they think it's about right if they're like well yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that that many fans would be like, "Well, that's way too high. They shouldn't be that high at all." But I think that there's, you know, a lot of people go, "There's no way UC Davis is better than Montana or Montana State." There's, I mean, Weber really? There are they are they going to be any good? They couldn't even throw the football. I, I don't know what they're thinking about that. I think you and I both think that four and five is pretty close to accurate for these uh, for these two teams in certain terms of the preseason situation where they are right now. But what do we think? Again. Where you're ranked in the preseason poll is, first of all, meaningless from a, I mean, we've talked about how it impacts polling later on, potentially, you know, where you have to rise from, but the point is, is that, you know, they're going to go play some football and we'll find out what's what, okay? I get all of that, but also, to me, the preseason poll is not a reflection of expectation. It's not a reflection of, like, do I think that Montana is going to finish fifth in the Big Sky Conference in my heart of hearts? No, I don't. Do I think Montana State's gonna finish fourth? Probably I don't. You know, but I think that the rankings are pretty apt as far as it goes. But when it when you look at these teams and where you think they can do or will do, what comes to mind?
0: Well, one thing that I One thing that I always talk about is just the fact that the easiest thing for a layman's fan to understand, no matter what sport you're talking about, especially team sports, is offense. And so the team that's going to score the most points, the team that has the most dynamic playmakers, it's often easy to understand why those teams would be ranked high, why those teams would be expected to win. Yeah. Weber State is 36-26 and 26 in five seasons under Jay Hill. That's including a 2-10 year his first year. They made the playoffs three years in a row for the first time in program history. I cannot remember Weber State beating anybody 52-10 to 10 during any of those 36 wins. Right. They've won back-to-back 10, 10 win seasons, back-to-back years. And they whip you in a completely different way. When they hold Eastern Washington without a touchdown for the first time, Eastern Washington had gone 11 years mm. of scoring at least one touchdown in every single game. When they hold Eastern Washington to three points and they win 14-3, to three, that might not be a 42-point margin of victory like a lot of – Times we see in college football. Make no mistake, we were destroyed Eastern Washington in that game because if you could hold Eastern without a touchdown and to below 200 yards of total offense, you are playing at such a ridiculously high level. So I guess what I'm getting at is it's what we talked about in the first segment, and it's that, Weber State oftentimes, in this modern era under Jay Hill, is overlooked because they're not flashy. They don't have a 3,500 yard quarterback that's going to throw 30 touchdowns. They don't have. A bunch of NFL type receivers. They beat you in the way that's probably the least appealing and or least uh, ingratiating way that you could beat people, and that's by playing absolutely lights out defense, controlling the clock, and never wavering on special teams. When you win games like that, it might not be the sixty-seven to seven, you know, spread offense like we used to see with Bob Stitt. I mean, think about the variance of games that Bob Stitt coached in his career at Montana you might beat Sac State 67-7. to You also might get absolutely destroyed. You also might blow leads. You might have shootouts. You have these ebbs and flows. It's certainly no doubt exciting in terms of the ebbs and flows of games, and it's completely and vastly different than what Weaver State does. But Weaver State, the formula that they have is so defined, and I think that maybe it gets overlooked broadly at, at around the conference. But people are starting to recognize I think that's why you see them – uh, as a top three team in these preseason polls because people now understand that, hey, it might not be the most exciting, but guess what? It works, and it's been working for Weber State.
1: So what do you think is going to happen with Montana and Montana State? I,
0: I, think, that, I think that the Cats <laughs> – I do
1: appreciate the five minutes on I, Weber. I,
0: I think that the Cats <laughs> – I, I truly think that the Cats have more of the best athletes in the league than any team in the league. I really think that Bryce Stirk is a next level athlete. I think Troy Anderson is a next level athlete. I think Braden Conkle and Jacquey Allen are next level athletes. I think Montana State has the the longest string of corners that you could roll out there. Jalen Cole's uncertain status is definitely a hit to that depth. Whether the Gibson Twins can get back on track and get uh, Tyree, Tyrese and Tyre, one was suspended during spring ball. One was with the team. If he can get, if the one that was suspended can get back. In action, that's another body at corner, too. But when you really talk about the elite athletes, then you factor in the guys on offense, whether it's Kevin Cassis or Isaiah Infante or Travis Johnson or the linemen. I mean, I think that both Lewis Kidd and Mitch Brought are NFL-caliber guys. They'll be guys that at least get a sniff from the NFL. And when we talk about that, I think that they have more elite players than anybody in the league, and that's not to mention guys that are still mysteries, like Jason Skrampos, the Gigantic defensive tackle transfer from Washington. Or Armandre Williams, the new edge guy that they got from Washington. Or Jahari Martin, who's a guy who could he could be the breakout star in the league because no one knows what to think of him. But he was the MVP of the Lakeland High School team that won the 7A state championship in Florida. He was the MVP of the best team in the state of Florida. Take that into consideration when you think about Florida high school football. He's a guy that could come in and start at Mike, Mike linebacker right away. So you talk about top-level athletes. I mean, Travis Johnson is undoubtedly one of the greatest athletes in the league. But how do they use him? Troy Anderson is undoubtedly one of the greatest athletes in the league. How do they use him? If they can put it all together, I think Montana State could be mean. And I think that the thing that they they just need to do is just get out of their own way and not screw it up, and that comes down to the quarterback situation. In terms of the Grizz, I think it's so much just about embracing the – the style and mentality that Bobby Hawk has had so much success with over the years. If they can do that, if they can finish, I always tell you this, so much of his revisionist history. Montana went 80-17 and 17 when Coach Hawk was here the first time, when he was in Missoula the first time. That in itself is such a dominant record. They went 31-1 and 1 against the Big State Conference. That in itself is such a dominant record over the last four years of Huck's tenure. What people don't remember is the way that those games were won. Sure, there was the... You know, 11 turnover avalanching of Stephen F. Austin in the playoffs in 2008 or 2009, where Stephen F. Austin turned the ball over 11 times in Missoula and lost by 60. There was those every once in a while. But more often than not, it was beating teams by 7, by 10, by 14, grinding out the clock. People easily remember when the Grizz score 60. They hardly remember when in 2009... In the midst of an undefeated season, they needed a last-second field goal at Idaho State to win 12 to 10. That's how you get to 80 and 17, though. That's how you get to 31 and one. It's not the 52 to 10 wins. It's the you go on the road and play like absolute crap at Idaho State, and you still figure out a way to win. That was where Bobby Hack was at his best. If the Grizz can figure out a way to recapture that, then I think that the Grizz can be back to at least being in the mix amongst the competitive teams in the league
1: you you're right i think on all of those counts but the here's here's the thing to me i'm going to try and make my argument for and against the grizzlies the argument for the grizzlies is this last year and they uh, coach how mentioned this to us he said that he thinks tabor came up eric tabor came up with this stat so shout out to tabes on this one that last year was the youngest team in the history of montana football in 126 years so that's if you go, well, if they're the youngest team ever in Montana last year and they were close to winning or whatever, they uh, they – you're, you know they 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 blew some games late. Maybe that was the youth coming through or whatever it is. But look at how good they were when they were good. Look at what how good they were when they were at their best. That is unbelievable. And they're just going to be another year older. And they're going to have so many guys. I mean, they were starting more freshmen than seniors at one point last year. Well, guess what? Now you got all these kids with all that experience coming through. They're going to be really good. They've got the they've got it locked and loaded at the quarterback spot with a guy that they absolutely love and I think is you know are obviously excited. Colter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber-octave cables across the state of Montana. A state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You
0: probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet voice and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. Right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman,
1: St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does.
0: Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now, and Blackfoot, they got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call, 866 541 5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com.
1: About in Dalton Snead, and, and they have, you know, players defensively to go out and play really well overall. And the offensive line, well, guess what? It's going to be better than it was last year. Uh, without question, and so if that's the case, then why shouldn't this team be you know, in contention and maybe even favored to win the conference? And you know what? They could. Montana could absolutely be a, be a conference champion, be a 10-win team, and be having a bye in the playoffs after a three-year drought of even being there. But they also even though they have they're going to have an improved offensive line it's not going to be as good as any of the offensive lines of the other four teams that are in the top 5 i mean it's just they're wow. just not there they do have really good uh, in fact elite players at places i mean you talk about Jerry Lee McGee and Samuel Kemp you talk about Dante Olsen maybe the emergence of of Jace Lewis this year you talk about a veteran front you know anchored by uh, Jesse Sims and you're you you can see and Dalton Snead of course you you can see where there's there's great you know really good to great players in some really key spots, but is the breadth there the way that it needs to be? But to me, the thing that's the most going to be the most telling thing is the thing that Coach How spoke with us about again today, and it's not again it's not really a quantifiable deal, but they gave games away. Their point differential in the fourth quarter was was just uh, atrocious last year, and they lost games late and games at home, which they've never done before. Well, it's so weird to try and address an issue that, as, as Bobby Huck said to us today, it's not like we didn't emphasize playing four quarters last year. It's not as if this was in question at any point. And so then, you know, the, the thing is, is like, how do you, how do, you do that Jeff Choate in his first year or two, we need to learn how to win. We need to learn how to win close games, and we saw Montana State lose a bunch of close games. Then we saw them start winning those close games. Some of that is mentality. Some of that is 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 becoming more experienced and aging, which Montana will. Uh, and some of that is is just. It's sort of something you have to do in order to generate it, right? It builds upon itself. Once you've done it, you're like, okay, now we can do it. Okay, now we can do it again. And Montana just never really had that after when it started to go south against Portland State last year, it just kept – happening uh, over and over. But I think it is a, an open question. It, again, they're the biggest of the top five. They're, to me, the biggest wild card in, in, in that group and could finish anywhere in the line. And, and, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me because I'm not really sure what to think about them. But they're heading in the right direction. I mean, that's not in doubt. What they have now, the mentality, the type of football all the coaches as we've talked about before maybe you still haven't emphasized enough not one change on the coaching staff from last year to this year and uh, and and uh, and so they're i think ready to go
0: so many of those guys from montana state i just named what do they all have in common They're fbs power five drop downs it's risky always just because of the the locker room and just the reasons that guys fall out of favor at other schools. I mean, taking transfers, they can, no doubt about it, is it's a risky proposition from time to time. But Montana, they brought in four guys that are expected to, at least a couple of them, expected to be impact players. And if they can get those guys to fit into the mix and the chemistry of the roster, as well as get production out of them, that could be a game changer for the Grizz as well. Because I think that that was just one of the key factors is just not only the lack of depth but also just the dearth of talent. I mean they just didn't have premier talent at certain positions and I think that that you know, if Joe Babros or Ryder Rice or um, you know the kid from Washington State if any of those guys can pan out that's a huge addition for the Grizzlies and you know, I've always contended that Montana's had good talent even during these three, this three-year down cycle where they've missed the playoffs, which you know 10 years ago would have seemed unfathomable, that Montana would be on a three-year streak of being outside the playoffs looking in. But I think that they do have talent. They just need to fill in the talent everywhere else.
1: Do tell Nguanis, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter, we talked with, uh, well, everybody today. We are, by the way in spokane if you're just joining us the big sky conference media days for uh, football and jeff choate was talking to us today and and he we didn't even ask him about the quarterback spot i wasn't going to ask him because what's there to even say they're not even in camp but he said you know hey look it. everybody knows and i'm as excited as anybody to see what's going to happen with our quarterback position he goes but remember first of all we're pretty good other places i think and we have been able to find a way to win games regardless of who the quarterback is and that's true so there's you you know your question on this is well can that continue is that something that that you can continue on with and be become what you want to be as a program my answer to that question is no no you can't you have got to solidify that one way or another and as good as you can be other places, you have to have a quarterback that is you don't have to have an elite quarterback. You have to have a good quarterback though. You have to have a guy who you can trust to deliver the ball, to make good decisions, to not turn it over, you know, a guy that quote unquote won't lose you a game. That's what you have to be able to have and I think there needs to be some continuity in there of of how you're gonna go. Could it be a two quarterback system? Sure. I I know a lot of people are down on two quarterback systems. I, I kind of get that. I, don't, I think it's possible to work, but it can't be a quarterback system where, well, it's, we play two guys because one guy's playing poorly or a guy makes a mistake and now we're switching it out. It has to be a set No, this is what we're going to do, and this is how and this is why. The other thing is, though, is they've been able to find a way to win regardless of who the quarterback is, and everybody laughs and chuckles about the fact that Troy Anderson was a quarterback last year. He's also a first-team all-conference football player last year at quarterback. So that's a pretty good quarterback at the end of the day. Like if the point is, as you say, to win games, to score touchdowns, nobody was more of a sure thing than Troy Anderson taking the ball, finding daylight, and housing that thing last year. So that is the, the you know, you're losing that at quarterback as well. And I think a lot of people, me look, nobody, I am not going to sit here and pretend like I think the, quarter, the quarterback should be Troy Anderson. He's, he's, I think, a lot more valuable and better at other places on the field. But the point is, is like the next guy who's stepping in there, he's not rushing for 13 touchdowns from the spot and, and also almost certainly will not have the it factor that Troy Anderson brings to the position as well. So having finding a way to win with different quarterbacks is true, but it was also a first-team uh, first all-conference quarterback that you did have at the position as it turns out last year.
0: The most obvious key factor in football is stability at quarterback. And we see it from the NFL all the way down through high school. If you have a quarterback, you have a chance. It's like former Montana State head coach Rob Ash used to always tell us. If you got 21 really good players and an an okay quarterback, you probably have a better chance of being okay than you do of being elite. Whereas if you have an elite quarterback and 21 okay players, you could still be elite because you have an elite quarterback. The other factors that are so important in the Big Sky Conference, to me, are depth, and stu- depth, d- depth, stability, and experience on the fronts. Depth at corner, because you're going to always have higher-level receivers in this league, because the, everything trickles downhill. You're going to have guys that are Mountain West-level talents in the Big Sky Conference at receiver. <clears throat> so you have to have corners that can keep up. But to me, probably the second factor behind quarterback. is, is what are your pair of safeties like? And I think that when we were talking about the, the team with the best returning quarterback has been on top of the preseason polls for the last half a dozen years or so. I would try to pick the team that has the best pair of safeties because if you have the best pair of safeties in this league with how diverse all the offenses are, because one week you might be playing Cal Poly and the next week you might be playing Weber State and the next week you might be playing Eastern Washington and the next week you might be playing UC Davis. Those are such distinctly different game plans. To have guys that are versatile enough to be able to perform against those... That's oftentimes uh, a formula for success. And you look at the Grizz. Bobby Houck told us, he, you asked him about the quarterbacks, and he said, is it, is it an advantage to have an entrenched leader who's also a talented player at quarterback? And he said, you know, I'll probably give you the answer that not a lot of coaches would give you. He said, I don't necessarily think that it's necessary. He said it's a bonus if you have it. It's not necessarily necessary. And like he said, they won a lot of games without the you know, the Walter Payton award-winning quarterback during his first tenure here. So I, I think it can be done. And here's the other thing. Weber State has not had this headline, making quarterback. Yet they've won back-to-back Big Sky Conference championships because they had exactly what you just described. A guy that's not going to lose them games. When you look at Jadrian Clark, Jadrian Clark was uh, you know, a big, strong kid who never really put it completely together to fulfill his potential. But he was good, and they made it to the playoffs. You look at Stephen Cantwell. Stephen Cantwell is... Completely non-athletically gifted. Stephen Cantwell is five foot ten. He was a guy who went on a mission out of high school and then went to a junior college and then didn't think he was going to play quarterback. Doesn't return to the game. Start playing Division one quarterback till he's twenty six years old. Yet he was a great leader. He knew when to move the sticks and he took care of the ball. Weber State won the conference with Stephen Cantwell as their quarterback. I have no idea what the development is going to play out like. I can't project the future. But I can tell you right now that Casey Bauman and Tucker Rebecca both have a lot more natural talent than Stephen Cantwell. It's just about the mental part of the game. And if the Cats can just find a Stefan Cantwell, I think they're a big State conference championship contender.
1: I mean, I I think I think a lot of what you said is right. And you know me, I always think that the quarterbacks get overpaid. I mean, I I wouldn't agree with what Rob Ash said. Like if you got an elite quarterback and twenty one okay guys, you have a better chance of being elite than if the reverse was true. No, no, I don't I don't agree with that. But it's still the most important position in football, uh, and, and, and it's not close in terms of one guy on the field. It's the quarterback, so I get that. And my thing is this, is could they be good to really good without, without having, a, having a consistently good quarterback or the, uh, be settled at the quarterback position? They could be because they do have talent all over the place, and they run the ball first, and they do all of that. But could they be elite? Look, they're not going to win the conference. They're not going to win the Big Sky conference if they don't have a quarterback. That's good. And if if but if Casey Bauman, or Tucker Rovig turns out to be a top 5 Big Sky conference quarterback, they're going to win the Big Sky conference. I mean that, that's they they're they're going to be certainly in that conversation, especially with the way that their schedule sets up. I mean it's 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 that's, that's where they're at, but it's not going to happen otherwise and that's why I say no they're not going to be like what, what's elite you know you make it to the postseason and then you get smacked you know is that is that elite well no and, and that's what will happen if you if you are unsettled or have poor play at the quarterback spot if they have if they have good play at the quarterback spot they're going to be they're going to be very serious and if it turns out that all of a sudden one of these two guys is completely figured it out and just goes out there and slings it look out I mean, the sky's the absolute limit as far as I'm concerned.
0: The most interesting part is that they can, <laughs> if, if Tucker Rovig and Casey Bauman don't work out or they're just kind of middling along, Montana State can run a no-quarterback system, and that's pretty crazy. When they run a tempo and they rotate guys at quarterback like they did during their absolute peak when Matt Miller took over an offensive coordinator last year and they were rushing for 400 yards a game down the stretch to make it to the playoffs, Sometimes you play Kevin Cass as a quarterback. Sometimes you play Travis Johnson at quarterback. Sometimes you play Trey Anderson at quarterback. It's a different dude, and you're just lining him up in the diamond, and it looks unorthodox, and people can make fun of it all they want. But it's like Jeff Chote tell everybody. When, everybody. when anybody used to criticize Chris Murray, he'd say, hey, yeah, Chris Murray might only completed two passes today, but why do I care? We rushed for 440 yards. Like when they beat Portland State, when they beat Portland State, it ended up being, I think, an eight-point victory in the final score, but they rushed for 458 yards. I think it was the fourth-highest total in school history. It's like Choate said, why would I throw it if I don't have to? I, I do think I, I, they, uh, it all comes down to I think we would agree on this. Montana State needs to just find an option at quarterback that doesn't lose them games. I don't think they have to find anybody that's going to win them games. I just think they have to find somebody that's not going to lose them games because I do think that they can come at you with such an array and variety of ways to move the football that are non-risky because they can do it with so many different dudes in the run game in the pass game in the option game
1: i do agree with that and also by the way i think a lot of this is jeff choate saying well why would i throw the football if i don't have to is also he's using the situation in which he is in and the game that they've just won to make a point about the quarterback, but nobody knows that they need a quarterback more than Jeff Choate knows that he needs a quarterback. And no one is he, him saying, "Well, we've been able to r- win regardless of who the quarterback has been." Is not him saying we're good. Like we don't we, need, we don't need to worry about the quarterback. Believe me, nobody's nobody's more uh, is is working harder to try and get his team sorted out at that position and find a guy who's going to be serviceable or better. Than, than he is, and I think sometimes people go, well, Jeff this doesn't care about quarterbacks, or maybe he's not a quarterback guy or whatever, and I don't think any of that's the case. I think circumstantially it's been a very odd three years that he's been there, and, uh, and, and they continue to try and get that thing sorted out, but it's not for you know lack of emphasis, certainly.
0: Not lack like of emphasis. It's been such a product of a lack of stability, I mean, basically, Dakota Prucap grad transferring to Oregon was the first domino, and then all of a sudden you roll the dice, you bring in Tyler Brugman, who's been at two different FBS programs. I and mean, you make no mistake, Jeff Choate hired Courtney Messingham as his offensive coordinator to run a Boise State-style offense, uh, yeah, kind of a West Coast 50-50, perfect balance, right? I mean, he wanted to run it and throw it. just like I mean, Montana State is trying to be Boise State. And they're trying to be Boise State light, and that makes sense because that's where Jeff Choate had a lot of his best success early on in his college football career, but they had good quarterbacks. Ryan Dinwiddie, Kellen Moore, those guys those guys were good quarterbacks at Boise State, and Jeff Choate saw those guys up close and personal. So I, I do think that there's uh, an element there that maybe the offense has been different than what they had hoped it to be, but now they've been, just been building around the athletes that they have and trying to stem the, the gap to, to find a quarterback guy. And we, we want guys to be so good, Right out the gates, because there has been a lot of really good guys that have been good when the, as freshmen, as sophomores. It's hard to for it's easy to forget that uh, Tucker Rovig and Casey Bauman are both young guys still. I mean, if Rovig becomes the starter and then is a three year starter, you know maybe he does evolve into the guy that you hoped he would be as a three star recruit coming out of uh, coming out of Boise Idaho. So um, I don't know. I, I think that the 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 quarterback analysis in this league is so interesting because I always think to myself. What if the, the Cats just had a guy like Davis Alexander from Portland State? A pr- pretty talented guy, but who is certainly a better pure quarterback than the guys that they've had so far under Jeff Choate. What if they had a guy like Jacob Nipp at Northern Colorado? Certainly a better, more talented quarterback than the guys they have had in their program so far to this point. But then I also think, would they still r- remain? S- the, uh, Montana State's the most unorthodox team in the league, period. And I think it's such a hard game plan. You talk about how hard it is to, to game plan for Cal Poly. Well, try going against that offense except for out of the spread and you add weapons like Travis Johnson to the mix, but then you have a quarterback who's not a quarterback who's coming downhill at you, 230 pounds, Troy Anderson. I mean, it, it's a it's a complete anomaly what they've done on offense, and I think that there's a huge, huge, huge glaring deficiency there to analyze, no doubt, but there's also the element of no one else in the league is doing this, so there is no crossover. So how do you prepare for this? I just wonder if they had one of those traditional style guys who's better than the guys they have in the program right now, if they'd actually be any better, though. I, I, Professional wisdom would say yes. I think it would be more consistent, but I don't necessarily know if it makes you as different.
1: Do tell one hundred 102.9 ESPN Radio. We are going to uh, get out and do a quick, Uh, uh, a quick segment on the weekend that was because the Wimbledon final simply has to be spoken about in the, on the men's side, five sets and one of the epic uh, 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 matches of all time. And also Coulter hasn't even gotten a chance to talk to us about the big Westbrook, Chris Paul trade. And he's been chomping at the bit for that. So we will get to it all Coulter. We're out of town. We know that when you're out of town, it's important. It's nice. Refreshing to stay at a good hotel, place that takes care of you, place that looks out for you. The Wingate by Wyndham is just that sort of place.
0: If you're traveling anywhere for business this summer, check out the Wingate by Wyndham. Unlike a lot of hotels out there, they do not jack up their business rates during the summer. Many hotels do raise their corporate travel rates, but the Wyndham, the Wingate by Wyndham, they keeps their business travel rates consistent year round, throughout the summer and all year long for all qualified members. Wingate by Wyndham offers great year-round rates for corporate travelers with the bonus of extra Wyndham rewards points and they upgrade regular business guests for no charge whenever possible. Give Kim or Alicia a call right now. 406-541-8000 today. That's 541-8000 to learn more. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Let the wind gate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not.
1: Woo-hoo! 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 Rolling down the road to the Woo-hoo! end of a Monday edition of 2 and a live from Spokane, Washington. The Big Sky Conference football kickoff. Fun weekend that it's been. Great to uh, see, talk with, eat with, chat with, watch. All the coaches, players from the uh, season that will be in Big Sky Conference football. This gets me pumped up. But first, well, not first, last, after we got through all of that stuff, we got to talk about the weekend that was around the sports world at large. It is to tell in New we are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway, in Missoula Highway 83 in Seely. Kurtz is celebrating their 30th anniversary. That's right, they've been in business 30 years. They are offering you 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Beta or Husqvarna dirt bike, or any Crest Pontoon boat. See dealer for details. Some restrictions apply. Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Seeley, their 30th anniversary sale. Get in not check it out all July long. Coulter, an epic Wimbledon final. Novak Djokovic and, uh, and Federer going five sets like a 12 point tie break in the fifth set and uh, disappointing that it was the that the that, 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 that the match ended that the title ended on a mishit after that unbelievable game that uh, that uh, Federer just set skyward off the side of his racket but I'll tell you what If you could have a more epic final between those two guys, like it matters, right, that it's Djokovic and Federer. You can throw certainly Nadal in there as the big three, but that those two guys would would have that sort of performance down the stretch, really unbelievable, and I thought it was great uh, as it ended. You know, normally when you win Wimbledon, you throw the racket, you start jumping around, doing all that kind of stuff, but part exhaustion and I think part respect and part an appreciation for the moment, Novak Djokovic just sort of stood there, wide-eyed, happy, walked up to the net. He and Federer, I think, exchanged I mean, mutual respect between two unbelievable champions. But also, you just know you've been a part of something that's spectacular. You know what I mean? In that moment. And for them to do what they did and for, I thought, Djokovic to react sort of in that muted way in a very pro Federer stadium, by the way, this is, I mean, they were all about Roger Federer uh, at Wimbledon uh, on center court on Sunday. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great for tennis.
0: The first time that Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic played in a Wimbledon final, Reggie Bush and Vince Young were two of the top draft picks in the NFL. That's how long these guys have been battling. And I think that, There's a certain conversation to be had about the acceleration in physical conditioning and the acceleration in just the way that athletes are able to take care of their bodies and the impact that that has had on tennis maybe more than any other sport because of just the pounding that tennis is. Because you look at the greatest tennis players of all time, I think you could say that three of the the five greatest men's tennis players of all time are playing right now. And these guys started competing against each other nearly 20 years ago and, and that's a testament to the endurance and physical conditioning of Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. But we look on the women's side as well. I mean, Serena Williams is unquestionably the greatest women's tennis player of all time and she has been I mean she just played in the Wimbledon final again. I think she played in the Wimbledon final for the first time almost 20 years ago. That that is absolutely amazing to think about. I mean when you look at the all-time majors you know grand slam tennis title winners in men's tennis history Roger Federer is number one with 20. Rafael Nadal is number two with 18. And Novak Djokovic is number three with 16. These guys have all been competing together since Djokovic first broke into the, onto the scene in 2008. So you're talking about the last 12 years has been three guys. And I think it's both good and strange for tennis because there's been almost no new stars, right? You kind of just know, oh, it's Wimbledon. I wonder if it'll be... Federer and Djokovic? Or will it be Nadal and Federer? Or will it be Nadal and Djokovic? It's kind of just a combo of the three, and there's been hardly any other new faces. I mean, Andy Murray had a little blip where he was kind of competitive in there. and uh, You know, Andy Roddick was trying to break into the mix, but this just never could, so there's been this like holy trinity of men's tennis players, and I think it's been really fascinating to watch the longevity these guys have had. The fact that Roger Federer is the oldest of these guys by several years and that he is still Good enough to advance all the way to the, the final of Wimbledon and play a record-setting five-hour-plus match. is It's incredible in itself, and I think he deserves a lot of accolades for how amazing and peerless his career has been as well. But I, I just find it fascinating that we've seen the continued dominance of these pinnacle figures in the history of tennis, so both the men's and women's side, for such a long time.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, so, presumably, uh, or in, at least conventional wisdom has been that tennis has one of the shortest shelf lives for professional players because it's so hard on your knees all the lateral movement and everything that it's you know a young kid's game and and you just fall off and that is being proven completely false because the best players in the game continue to be and have been for years and years those four serena on the women's side and then the big three on the men's side just period ended story i mean it's and 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 they you know I think the progress that's been made in things like nutrition and things like rest, you know, have been impactful to that. But, uh, but it's also just a testament to who they are and, and, and the great skill. I mean, yeah, uh, you, there, there's, there's – I think the athleticism that we see in sports is starting to erode in terms of the importance that it plays. You, of course, have to be a phenomenal athlete, but I think that the sharpening of skills – which are not beholden as nearly as much to time is is starting to prove that it is, uh, you know, as big, if not a bigger factor than the rest.
0: Uh, but to compliment and contrast that point, I think that the three greatest athletes, the three greatest pure athletes to ever play tennis are Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, and Novak Djokovic. Ra- Rafael Nadal is the most athletic person to ever play tennis. Rafael Nadal is an elite athlete. I mean, he, he is an unbelievably fast, strong, quick twitch I mean, he, he's put together. But, I mean, Federer, his footwork is, is peerless. I mean, if if he translated that footwork to soccer or basketball, he would be an elite basketball player too. Not to say he has the frame to necessarily play basketball, but I think that, you know, when you're comparing contrasting just pure athletic gifts between Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi and John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg and Rod Laver and Nadal and Federer and Djokovic, it's not close.
1: I I don't agree with that although Andre Agassi's hair was uh <laughs> key. Uh it, it's not what what I'm saying is isn't so much that the athleticism I think the reason that we're seeing the longevity they are unbelievable athletes. Yeah. But if you took I if you had if you took a sampling of say uh you know the the top 10 best athletes that are playing tennis in the world today between the ages of 22 and 27 they would probably all be in or better than those three guys in you know running a 40 or how high you can jump or stop and start and that kind of stuff. And it's the skills that these guys have created that have carried them as far as they go. But it certainly is coupled with elite lead of athleticism. That's, n- athleticism will never Go <clears throat> go away. Be unimportant in sports. Of course. Like, that's sort of the basis for it when you're doing these things with your body. But I think the skills, I mean, with the guy like like Jokic in Denver it starts to show you, you know, from a basketball standpoint, even, you know, Arvidas Sabonis going back before that. Athleticism takes a lot of different shapes and forms, and there's a lot of ways to do it and do it well. Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Quick break. We'll be back. Coulter wants to say a word about the Chris Paul Westbrook trade. We'll do that, and we'll also... Tell you what's coming up this week. Got a big week planned for you next. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed. Guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Got to have it.
0: You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that
1: stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive.
0: Innovative. And a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing.
1: Click on the link below. go slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana.
0: So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now.
1: Welcome back. It's been a fun show on a Monday afternoon. Two-telling 1029 ESPN Radio from Spokane, Washington, the site of the Big Sky Conference football kickoff. I'm amped, Golter. I'm ready to rock now. The football thing going on. I know that my wife's very, very happy to hear that, too. Uh, all she needs is me to watch more football. It's 2Tel and We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Seely, And now celebrating their 30th anniversary. That's right. All July long, 30 years they've been in business, and they are giving you the presents. That's 30% off. 30% off MSRP on select uh, parts and accessories with the purchase of any new uh, Polaris off road vehicle, beta or Husqvarna dirt bike, or any Crest Pontoon boat. See dealer for details. Some restrictions apply. Kurt's 30th anniversary sale in Missoula and Sealy. Go check it out. If you missed anything in the show, it's available on the podcast. Podcasts available on the TuneIn Radio app, iTunes. Or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. The Two Telling the Wonders podcast is there. It's brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Coulter, we've given you a ton of time here at the end of the show to talk about the Chris Paul Westbrook trade. Is that what you want to do? You want to do that? Or you want to do the promo stuff and do the other stuff later? You tell me. We could do a more
0: extrapolated segment on this a little later on, but. I think that Chris Paul, or I think that Russell Westbrook and James Harden uh, on the surface level has a chance to make the basketball go flat because they're going to dribble it so much without passing it. But I also think that I talk all the time about what sort of point guard do you have, what sort of ball-dominant guy do you have, and Chris Paul has to have the ball in his hands to be his most effective version. He has to be able to control the game. When you play with James Harden, you can't do that. Westbrook, his tempo is almost irrelevant because his tempo is all breakneck speed, downhill. So although I, th- I hate the, the fit, and I don't think the Rockets will be appealing to watch at all next year, I actually think that James Harden and Russell Westbrook is a better combo than James Harden and Chris Paul. We'll talk about what's going on later on this week. We had a good day today. Obviously, ton of interviews, most pertinent to our audiences. We talked to uh, Dalton Sneed and Dante Olson today, so we'll share that with you later on in the week. Uh, kind of a fun interview with them. We said, hey, boys, you know, we already been answering a bunch of other questions, so let's just talk about your summer. So that was pretty fun with those guys. We also talked to Kevin Cassis and Jackway Allen from Montana State. So we'll have that as well. And then our ESPN roundtable this week is with Sam Herder from Hero Sports. He joined me on Two-Tail-Nuanas when you were out of town. Uh, and now he's back to just break down the entire Big Sky Conference. He covers the FCS on a national level. So we have c- some comparing and contrasting stuff with him between the Big Sky and other conferences in the country as well as uh, just some comparisons to NDSU. And uh, then, of course, on Thursday, we'll be live. Katie O'Keefe's. Four to six, tell Nuanas come down. we be drawn for a pair of tickets to the Grizz at Oregon football game. So check that out. Come hang out with us down at Katie O'Keefe's in the Stevens Center. And uh, we'll be doing 2 tell Nuanas live, first of eight straight live 2 tel Nuanas.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that very much. Go down to Katie O'Keefe's and uh, put your name in the box down there if you want to be entered to win those tickets to the uh, Grizzlies-Oregon football game on September 14th. It's a great weekend. Appreciate everybody here for accommodating us, and uh, we will be bringing you tons of sound from this event, more opinions and thoughts as we go.
2: Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.
0: It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom